Welcome to Gears Action Growth, shifting business culture one conversation at a time. My name is Christy Mori and I'm joining Dr. Josephine Palermo, whose superpower is to create business cultures that transform organizations team by team. Today, we'll be chatting about compassionate approach in the workplace. Hope you get value from it. Hey, Joe. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Christy? Yeah, I'm doing all right. This week, it's uh, we're. This is the first time we're actually recording in the evening. We always record in the morning, don't we? we? Do. But we you're do. a night owl. I am, so I'm feeling great. But I know you're a morning person. I'm so actually might- not, Joe. I'm actually. Oh, I'm actually a night owl that tried to be a morning person. Oh. So now I'm in between. <laughs> It's like, it's, I can't win. I'm really yeah. trying though. But I think I'm also a night person as well, even though, you know, today it doesn't feel like it. But hopefully our listeners feel like we're, you know, I'm still happy to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it's been pretty busy, hasn't it? Just it feels busy out of lockdown. I know. And it's been such a shock coming out of that slower pace of lockdown to this crazy you know, freedom of mm-hmm. movement. And um, yeah, it's really hectic. And with Christmas coming, I mean, the biggest, my biggest concern is how am I going to fit in the Christmas shopping? So uh, <laughs> I don't know when that's going to be cards? done. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> gift cards are nice. I, oh, I agree. Yeah. Oh, or might get one, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you check the oh this we're a recording <laughs> yeah. um i was gonna say like did you check our um locker at higher spaces no, no okay no worries okay um so for everybody uh we are so obviously listeners who've been listening for a little bit now you know that we're out of lockdown as we are in melbourne but we understand there's a lot of places who are still in lockdown around mm-hmm. the world Mm -hmm. so today we're trying to raise awareness for companies to take notice of how employees and team members are feeling and acting so that's why we're talking about compassionate approach so let's kick it off with why is being compassionate something that leaders should be concerned about Mm. okay so so christy to demonstrate this i want to tell you a story right so i'm going to put you yeah i'm going to put you in the story so I'm going to um, tell you a story about Brian, the CEO, and um, I got this story from um, John Eads, so thank you, John Eads. But I'm going to uh, put you in Brian's uh, company. So you are an employee of Brian. So you can see yourself there? Yeah, okay. I can see myself there. Okay. Is it luxurious office or is it um, like a shack? Well, it's, it's a medium-sized sales and, and marketing business. So, you know, it's a nice office. And, and, and you right. know, the, the company's been around for about 20 years. So, uh, you know, with the same CEO. So every, it's, like, it's like a bit of a family there. People are very used to working with each other. And Brian has really built quite a profitable and successful company. So, you know, you're feeling pretty happy about being there. However, you know, as we all know, um, the COVID-19 pandemic hits and Brian uh, is in a bit of denial when it does hit and he doesn't really put in place any changes uh, to any proactive changes so that the impact on his business is minimised. So he encourages you and other people who are working in the company to keep doing what they've always done. 
In less than a month, of course, though, uh, his sales pipeline has dried up as, you know, the world uh, changes um, in terms of lockdowns and restrictions and people change their buying habits. And his entire company is forced to work from home. And so the momentum that, that everybody's built over the last uh, year just comes to a halt. You know, everything stops. So instead of confronting the problem head on, Brian does two things. Firstly, he creates strict check-ins for his staff who are working remotely. And the second thing he does is he makes a number of people in the company redundant, including the chief operating officer who has lived, uh, sorry, who has worked there. Uh, you know, I wasn't say lived because it's like he's lived in the company for the last 15 years. And he does that with very little emotion. So at this stage, as an employee, how would you be feeling? Well, I think it depends on how I view Brian day to day, mm -hmm. probably mm -hmm. as a boss and how I feel there. Let um, me let me give you a bit more information because I'll add I'll, I'll add a layer. So you actually, I'm going to tell you how you feel about Brian. You actually really like working for Brian because you can see that he uh, works really hard and he's got, uh, he, he provides a lot of care in the work that he does and he's built this successful company and he's really paid attention to getting the right teams in place to really make things work and it's a really close-knit family. Now, how do you feel about Brian or about working in the company? I think it's difficult for me because I'm actually, yeah, like personality wise, I think I'm pretty loyal. So mm. if I actually like Brian, even though, you know, I might personally think maybe he's having a very difficult time adjusting and changing with the times. Um, I probably would feel that the strict check-ins would be pretty burdensome. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I don't know you know if it doesn't change for a year or something like that i'd definitely I'd, I'd give him some time i think if i was working there for a while with them and i liked him and i liked the culture so i'd give it some time for sure mm. t for them to create you know a way forward mm. but this is just my personality i think yeah i think yeah, someone I else might yeah, someone might, else might feel very like this isn't fair or this isn't the culture I want to be in. And I can see a lot of people quitting if um, they don't have a sense of loyalty or, mm. uh, yeah. So, 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 Christy, what you're describing there is, I mean, obviously, it, it is exactly what would happen. Um, some people would um, perhaps feel like Brian isn't showing his compassionate nature and the, and the way in which he's going about things is not compassionate and that would be um, particularly devastating on the culture particularly because before COVID Brian had cultivated a culture of everyone being a family you you're sort of describing yourself as loyal but what what you're describing there is your compassionate um, behavior actually because what you're doing is uh, really empathising with Brian 
and then your actions sort of demonstrate an understanding of where maybe he's coming from. So you're perhaps giving him the benefit of the doubt and you'll watch and see to see if things improve. So so while Brian isn't perhaps showing compassion in the way that he's, you know, dealing with, with COVID-19 pandemic, you yourself are demonstrating a lot of compassion. Does that surprise you that, that I would see that as compassion from, from, <laughs> your, from a sort of self-compassion? Um, well, you're a bit of an expert in psychology, Joe, so I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if you picked that up. But, <laughs> yeah, it would be um, – yeah, I suppose that would be more accurate, I guess, mm. in what I described. Mm. And, yeah. and, let, and let me tell you, so, so, so you as an individual – because you are acting in a compassionate way and feeling empathy. And, and empathy, let me say, is, is sort of like our ability to put ourselves in that other person's shoes and really understand the other person's feelings. Um, you are probably feeling quite good about that. And, and we know from neuroscience that the pleasure centres in our brain are activated when we, when we feel empathy and compassion. Wow. Yeah, so you would be feeling better then perhaps, wow. yeah, then perhaps Brian, <laughs> perhaps. But mm. but from a workplace perspective, what um, Brian is, is doing by his actions is actually increasing stress, decreasing the resilience of the, the team. He's um, not, not creating a culture of trust and creativity and confidence and learning. And so, so he what he's doing is actually devastating those parts of the culture, but you, because you're acting in a compassionate way, are getting some benefit. Um, so, so it's kind of an interesting thing where we can, we can look at compassionate from an individual perspective and we can look at it from an organisational or company-wide perspective, but, but we know that, that really um, being compassionate is something that, does have a benefit for for us as individuals and for um, workplaces as well. And there's a there's a benefit for workplaces because really, if workplaces are going to be able to kind of survive and thrive, and especially in this current um, you know crazy fast paced um, economy um, where you know we're we're hit with all sorts of um, surprises like a pandemic. Um, you really do need a, a culture in the business that's going to um, be conducive to people innovating and really kind of creating a, a level of trust where they can try new things and quickly um, perhaps, you know, change and adapt to the, to the environment. And so a, a compassionate approach will actually build the foundations of that. Uh, so, so there are benefits for, for, for everyone. Mm-hmm. So in regards to some specific things that leaders should look out for in their employees' behavior, if they want to mm. take this compassionate approach, um, what kind of things can you point out? Mm. So, so being compassionate is about noticing feelings and then empathizing with others. So, you know, feeling um, the feelings of others. And then it's actually a commitment to action. So that's the difference. That's actually the difference between empathy and compassion. Um, you can you can be empathic to someone, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing anything about their distress. Whereas compassion is about really noticing that someone's in distress, um, really feeling that empathy, and then 
acting and then doing something about it. And in fact, I love this quote from the Dalai Lama because he says, true compassion is not just an emotional response, but a firm commitment characterized by action. So, so mm. you know, he, he says that. And so, so what I think leaders need to watch is um, they need to notice distress. So, you know, signs of burnout um, and, you know, burnout can be emotional, physical and mental exhaustion where people are really feeling like they, they just are overwhelmed and drained and that they don't, just don't have any more resources to um, apply to their constant demands. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh. So, so burnout is something that, that, that it managers and leaders need to notice. Yeah. Um, and, and really, you're not going to notice that until you get to know people. So, mm. so what leaders need to do is really just have deliberate conversations where they're saying, where they're really finding out about people and they're, um, they're asking questions and they're a bit more curious. So, you know, often like you and I, like, like we, we sort of say hello and then I'll say, hey, Christy, how are you? And you'll say, hey, Joyce, how are you? Um, but it's going beyond that. It's going, no, 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 really, how are you? <laughs> you know, and uh, how how was yesterday? Tell me a little bit about your day yesterday. What are the things that, you know, upset you? Um, so it's about being curious and noticing um, those kinds of um, symptoms of stress and emotional exhaustion. And, you know, I've got a lot of my clients right now who have employees that are saying to them, I'm, I'm feeling burnout right now. I'm at risk of burnout right now. And while leaders are acknowledging that, they're not doing anything. That to me is really dangerous. Yeah, I was, I actually had a friend who um, was, had to step down because of burnout. Uh, mm. She was leading an organization. I think there was no support from the board. Like the board didn't really seem to... I don't know if it's not cared, but it's like they just wanted the work done. Mm. Like they didn't want, which is interesting because they were a nonprofit organization for people. So they were like a people business, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, that was the result. And yes. I think and, and, burnout yeah. is like not a... I've read some articles on it and it's not like a... Um, like medic, it's not considered apparently like a medical condition, but uh, this is just completely side note, but um, but it should be in my personal opinion, because mm -hmm. it affects like every state of us. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and stress and burnout produce, um, and, and we, we know this through science, stress and burnout produce physiological changes. Um, and so it's, it produces ill health. It, it's, mm -hmm. you know, there's no doubt about it. And so you can't, that's what I mean. It's very dangerous to just ignore those symptoms and signs. So when people are saying they're burnt out, mm -hmm. we have to listen to that. And, and, it, and remember, compassion is about acting. So often, often I think leaders don't act when they hear that because they don't know what to do. That's not an excuse for not acting. So if, if, as a leader, you don't know what to do, there are lots of places you can go to to kind of find support. And it might be that you, need, you do need to go to a health practitioner 
um, to find support or an employee assistance program or one of there's many many employee assistance um, program providers who can help um, psychologists can help as well um, and there's there's just I think particularly saying saying nothing and doing nothing are just not an option because it, it is quite a, a dangerous situation to be in but but that's kind of the extreme I guess the, the you know coming back from there um, there are other signs that we see before people get to that you know we see um, perhaps we see someone maybe really just either feel uh, their the expression on their face tells us that they're unhappy or they're not feeling well or there's some distress there um, at, or they're they're quieter than usual, you know, or their behaviour changes and, and we're noticing that. So there's lots of things you can notice. And the trick is, you know, the skill in a way is to, to make it okay to talk about things that distress us. And that's the, that's the thing that, that we really need to do to kind of nurture a culture, which is a compassionate culture in business, you, you do need to be a role model for that as a leader and you do need to recognise that you that people will be distressed and you can tolerate that. Mm-hmm. So like create the space. Yes. To, to, a space and time is yes. what it seems like needed. Exactly. And it's exactly. critical. That's because, right. Yeah. Right. So, and, and, yeah. yeah, and I think, sorry, I was going to say, Christy, I think sometimes, particularly at this time of year, Christmas is coming, we, we create space sometimes for social events where the expectation is that people will bring their happy selves to a function. Mm. I'm sort of talking about create a space where you can bring your sad self or your stressed self. Or, right, not like you know, a par- champagne party or something. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's so it's about it's about leaders asking the right question, and um, and 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 if you notice that nobody is saying something, then you can ask a question which goes something like this: I'm noticing that there's quite a lot of stress in the room right now. What do people think of that? So you don't even have to say, "Hey, hey, Christy, are you stressed?" <laughs> you know, you don't have to point right, the finger. Not directly, like no. approach people. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm noticing that the energy's really low today. Mm. What What's going on there? It's about being curious, not judgmental. Mm-hmm. But that that's um, also the relationship as well, and relationships do take time. Right. So, so it's, it's going back to that, that old kind of, um, you know, that old sort of thing about, you know, how well do you know people and, and where is the, where is the boundary at work? You know, do we need to know, know everything about everyone at work? You know, where, where do we have personal, personal boundaries mm, versus sure. work boundaries? It's kind of those old ideas. And, and I would suggest that particularly, um, the way that we are working right now with many of us working from home those boundaries are becoming more and more blurred and and some of it has been great because you you've gotten to know people's home environment you sort of see it through you know like a virtual meeting and you can see their background and their cats are there and their dogs are there and uh, their kids are running around and so so that has kind of shifted the balance on that 
And I would suggest that, you know, I'm not suggesting you, 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 you're invasive uh, as a leader um, or even, you know, even if you've got a, a team member, I'm not suggesting you're invasive. And, it, and being best friends or friends at work doesn't necessarily mean that you are, um, you know, you, that you know everything about them. But I think you need to really get to know people at a personal level. Um, if you want, if you want teams that work effectively, that can support each other and enc- and in- encourage each other, and also really, you know, bring out the best in each other, there's a personal component to that. And we have to stop pretending that emotions are not being brought to work. And we have to stop pretending that negative emotions don't exist at work or or have no place at work the full scope of emotions are there so we might as well notice them and we might as well uh, be proactive about them yep so we've been talking a lot about leaders providing support for their employees Uh, so i just wanted to point out that you know, employers and leaders can do the best they can, but leaders themselves also need to apply the compassion approach to themselves or they wouldn't be able to lead anyone. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. What can you say about this, Joe? And are there some personal things that you could share for some people that work for you? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think that's absolutely right. So self-compassion is about, again, noticing feeling and acting so it's about noticing my own feelings and uh and acknowledging those and then it's 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 having some empathy for for myself in that you know not being judgmental because often you know sometimes for example i might i might get um angry at work and i find it i that's one of the emotions i find a bit difficult because i have uh a bit of judgment on myself around getting angry. It's, it's, a, it's you know, it goes right back to, to my childhood and we don't have an hour to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, but, but suffice to say, anger is not something that I express easily. And when I do express it, and, you know, I'm, I'm an Italian woman, so of course I, you know, feel anger. <laughs> um, and when I do express it, especially in a work situation, I, I can get very hard on myself. And so I'll give you an example. I had a, um, a staff member who uh, just, we just didn't get along. And um, he, he had opinions. I had opinions. I didn't feel like, you know, we were gelling at all. But what surprised me more than anything is we would end up in almost screaming matches at each other. That is, yes, yes. I've been um, in the middle of that as well. (laughs) I think I've been in not screaming, but I've been in the receiving end. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's always surprising, and it's always uh, it always makes me want sort of step back. And and so so my reaction to that, um, you know, at first was I was very hard on myself, and but but what I what I did was then. And I did this by actually talking to someone else, talking to a peer, because sometimes you need that sounding board. It doesn't come naturally if you just listen to your own voice in your own head. So I spoke to a peer that I trusted, and what what I had to do was kind of work on 
you know, what I was, what I was feeling. So I noticed, what am I feeling? Why am I getting so angry? What is happening in my body when I get angry like that? What, what, what am I hearing from that other person that triggers that? So I was noticing that. And then I felt, I, I, you know, I did go into sort of that self-compassion where I thought, well, well, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm, I make mistakes. And obviously this situation is what is this is what I'm not responding to well it doesn't make me a bad person it doesn't even make me a bad leader but I do need to change it so what the action was was that I I started to um, do a little bit of um, sort of I guess mindfulness before going into meetings with this person and and I ended up having very structured meetings because I had to do some performance management so I would do a very uh, sort of, you know, kind of visualization, a very calming visualization before going in to make sure that I was, I was more aware of myself. I was more present. And, um, and look, I think that helped a lot, but it, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm not going to surprise myself again and get angry and, uh, and maybe behave in a way that surprises me because uh, it's, it's, you know, life is a work in progress. But I think that self-compassion is really important. Um, the other thing for other people, and, and particularly now for other leaders, is to really pay attention to is the amount of stress that you might be feeling because of the increased demand in workload. Right now, we're sort of in this crazy place that the pandemic has put us in where people are out of work and then the people who are working are, are just you know, have just too much to do. So there's this kind of continuum. People are on one side or the other. So I think we just need to be very mindful of that for ourselves. If you can't, um, if you're experiencing heightened sense of stress, you, you're not going to be able to think clearly and make um, clear decisions. And um, it, it just means that everything um, uh, it can exacerbate from there. So we need to we need to be aware of our own emotional, physical and mental exhaustion and put in some self-care. So mm. um, as much as possible, some strategies and whatever that is for you, you know, what someone else is doing may not be, the, may not be right for you. You need to do whatever's, whatever works for you, even if it's one minute of like what I do. I, I work from home. I have a terrace with all my beautiful plants and herbs. One minute on my terrace just staring at my mint leaves and I, I get my mint leaves and I crush them in my hands and I smell them and I'm suddenly present. So whatever works for you, but make sure that you've got some self, um, you know, just some self-practice around being present and, and self-care. And when you said mint leaves, I was thinking you can make mojitos. That would also <laughs> <laughs> that's also self care. <laughs> yeah, for self care. <laughs> uh, that would be that would be fun too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're really good at um taking time for yourself. Is it like I've noticed that like you do take time out for yourself and mm -hmm. yeah, and that's probably why you can do so many different um projects and be involved with so many different uh, yeah. industries because you're good at being able to shut off as well for yourself uh, yes it's part of my it, it is my self-care routine and it's part of me um, knowing that I need to fill that cup in order to then 
you know, kind of tip my cup into other things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, and I know people with families, they find it very hard, competing demands, family, work. But, but as True. I said, it, it's, it's the small things that we do every day. It doesn't have to be the, the big things. It's all the small things. Yes, yes, that's very, very true. Well, thank you for that. And we just want to thank everyone for listening today. We know that there was a lot of information about this. And it's just going to be an ongoing uh, continuation, I think, because there's no easy fixes, obviously. But we're looking forward to connecting with you all next time. What do you think about compassion approach in the workplace? Are you a leader? Are you an employee? Tell us about your workplace. Don't worry, we won't uh, name any names if you don't want us to so but let us know we're curious about you and what you are facing right now so please send us any questions and comments at josephine at geared which is in the description we appreciate you and hope you found this episode useful and bye for now and good night good night